Ahoy! But Hunter, also known as just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And this is the Hero Story, episode 101. Welcome! And this week we have a special guest, which is Tyler, comic boy. He's been on the show Hello. before, and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tyler. I'm comic boy. I've been on the show before. <laughs> exactly what and I said. And we've been on, and we've been on his show as well, The Big Who on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, Tyler's a friend of the podcast, and uh, we're glad to have him back because we have uh, a big issue this week in death metal, which was completely spoiled for me, by the way, before it even before I even read it. So that was. Lovely, but you know, what do I expect with the Instagram comic book community? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Tyler was we were on Tyler's show like a few months back to talk all things Star Wars. I guess yeah, it was longer. Like month. Yeah, it was like December or something. I guess it was around the time Rise of Skywalker came out. Uh what episode number is that, Tyler? It was uh it was in March, I think. Oh okay. yeah, Ma- March. Oh sooner yeah. than I thought. So yeah, you guys yeah, wanna check it out, go to uh the big coup on SoundCloud. If you haven't heard it yet, but until then, uh, Tyler's just joining us today to talk about all things comics, from death metal to strange adventures to the amazing Spider-Man number 44, which was another big one this week. But until then, we're going to talk about the news of the week. So, regular episode, just three people. Starting with the news of the week, uh, first news actually just came out a few hours before we're recording here, which Adam Smasher, Adam Smasher was casted in Black Adam as someone that many people seem to not like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember it suddenly. Noah Centennial. Okay, yeah. I hate Ty- saying his name. Tyler <laughs> is very vocal about how bad he is. So maybe explain yourself here. Well, it's like, oh my god. Okay, I, I maybe I'm being like a little hyperbolic, but he's he's one of those actors that like kind of lives on Netflix, you know? Yeah. And and he he's in those like terrible netflix like rom-com movies where it's like oh he's a co- he's a kid but he's got an app and he's gonna date some girl through the app oh, or God. something stupid <laughs> and it's like i don't really even know adam smasher like jsa is like one of my big gaps comic book wise but i just can see from a mile away that this is not a good plan and it's like i hate his face so much that like <laughs> i might not see this movie because of it oh oh wow <laughs> damn <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like maybe I'm being a bit much, but oh my god! And I, I can tell other people are not happy as well. Well, well, that that's the thing. So I have absolutely no clue who this is. Like I even looked him up on Letterboxd, and I'm like, okay, I've seen zero percent of his movies. I really hadn't even heard of any of the movies he's been in. So that just I I, I don't watch much Netflix originals, so I guess that's why. But uh, you know, it's clear that this guy is very disliked. It honestly has me a little worried for Black Adam, only because listen, I thought The Rock as Black Adam. While he would look great as him, I've always questioned his acting ability of my main thing is can he do an Egyptian accent, right? Yeah, Th- that's the biggest worry for me because you know the rock is the rock and he's not yeah. you know I, I, for some reason I can't see him doing an Egyptian accent. I pray I that he's training, but he's a well, not a bad guy, but like I can't even see him not as the rock. like I can just but, I just every oh. rock character is this is the character in Jumanji, you know yeah, well <laughs> well, like, that's that's one hundred percent right. So it's like, you know, I, I really hope, like, I, I always think back to that animated feature with Shazam, Superman, and Black Adam. And, Great movie. Uh, the, the monologue that Black Adam has about uh, when he goes to kill the lady and Shazam tries to stop him. And he's like, uh, do you feel remorse when you crush an ant underneath your foot? No. Why? Is that because you're evil? No. You recognize that you're the dominant figure. So, like, th- that's, like, awesome. And, like, that, uh, that was my failed attempt at an Egyptian accent, which still might <laughs> was, be better than The Rocks. Yeah. But, I was uh, you know, that like, like I, I just wonder, like, 
Is he gonna be able to pull this off? Like I want, I want monologues like that. That I'm like, yeah, that's Black Adam. That was so cool. Uh, like, I'm scared. And 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 like to make this full circle, that casting makes me worry that like, are they gonna treat Black Adam like a comedy? And that scares oh, me. Jeez, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because Black Adam, I was hoping was gonna be a dark movie. It still might. I mean, we've seen The Rock talk about this movie for like. 13 years and he always says like he wanted to play black adam because he likes the story of how he was a slave that got revenge on his owners in the end you know he was a slave that that slaughtered people when he got the power and the rock has even said the word like slaughter so i feel like this movie will be dark but man adam smasher's casting does not look dark at all adam smasher i guess tyler you don't know much about him jd do you yeah uh not that much like i've always kind of seen him as like you know a character in the books but not much okay i know a decent amount i mean in the end he's more of a side character like he's not a major character and i doubt that he will be a major character in this movie like i don't think he'll have a big role but in the end he is like he is an emotional character he is angry he is depressed at times he like he is a very focused character on different emotions and when you cast a character who from his movie record, it looks like he mostly plays a high school student. It's going to be a little difficult for that. <laughs> like, well, isn't it? I wonder if this is also like, because they keep talking about how the JSA is going to be in this movie. I wonder if it's going to like set a precedent of the type of versions of the JSA we're going to get, you know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't really know much about them, but I just wonder if it's going to mean any, like, if we're going to get like some weird version of wildcat or something. I don't know. Oh man. oh man, I, I we're gonna get, we're gonna get a wildcat who instead of being like the heavyweight champion of the world is just uh, more focused on watching chicks at Foxy Boxing he's or something like, like a, that. He's like a vlogger. Oh god! <laughs> oh no! Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Hope not. I mean, they're doing the same thing in Star Girl right now. I mean, they're not doing the same thing in Star Girl, but they're doing the JSA in Star Girl, right? Yeah, well, like uh, the legacy it. of the JSA, because the J in Star yeah. Girl, all the JSA. I wonder are... how they're gonna. Dead. Maybe this is their way to differentiate it. They're going to modernize him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean... Uh, that, that kind of scares me just because the JSA is kind of a, dif- a difficult thing to do, like, to change up. I mean, I, I guess the Earth 2 and the New 52 was an attempt to do that, and it wasn't bad. It was, it was fine. It was a good, you know, modernization of the JSA-type character. But I, I think it's like... The JSA has a way to be done, and I think it could be really cool for a film the way they're supposed to be done, but I worry that we're not ever going to get that. I mean, if they are doing the JSA and they just revealed that Adam Smasher is going to be in this movie, I feel like if they wanted to focus like, hey, the JSA is back, it's going to be in this movie, first live action, kind of, I would think that they would reveal a bigger character first, like Jay Garrick or Alan Scott, but they revealed a kind of a minor JSA character, so I don't feel like, I feel like there'll be JSA moments, but we won't see the Justice Society of America. Yeah. I don't think that'll be a thing. Maybe references, but yeah, I'm wondering what characters we're gonna get. Like maybe we'll get like a Power Girl or something in this movie. I would like that actually. Yeah. I would yeah. love Power Girl. I don't know when this movie takes place too. It's yeah, the past. yeah, that one, that's was... another. Yeah, we don't know when it takes place. I mean, I'm assuming we're gonna get a lot of Black Adam origin flashbacks. So you know, kind of like the ancient Egypt. But yeah, uh, oh god, I can already picture a scene where. Uh, the rockets his powers as black adam and he's like can you smell what the wizard is cooking and his eyebrow <laughs> his eyebrow raises like I, I as far as i knew i thought this movie was taking place like 1500 years ago like a long long time ago but i guess not maybe it'll be kind of present time in a way like early 2000s 
But because like the wizard in the first exam says we try to we tried this powers on yeah. someone before and then it didn't go well. That's Black Adam. I always thought he yeah, was true. referring and, to and like that was like in ancient times as well. Yeah, exactly. In the end, in the comics, Black Adam was around in ancient times. That was when he became Black Adam. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. Any more thoughts on that, or should we move on? No, I'm good. Okay, yeah, I think I'm good. Too. Okay, that's <laughs> it for live action news. During this strange pandemic time, there are no live action news very often. Besides this last one. So now we're going on to comic news. Uh, two big comic news. First one, I guess we'll do the minor one first. New comic book day will be happening throughout the summer starting this week, actually. So if you go to your local comic book store, there should be a free X-Men comic for you there. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I didn't know that until I went to my comic store on Wednesday. But yeah, there was like, uh, there was like a, an X-Men issue yesterday that apparently was setting up everything, but I haven't been able to pick it up yet. And it's not online for some reason either. Yeah, I picked it up. It was so. setting... It's kind of like teasing the, the Ten Swords arc that's happening. So, the, it's not much to talk Like, in the okay. free comic book day, comics are very small. But, uh, there are some brutal moments of, like, Iron Man. He gets, like, his leg cut off at one point. He, he hits a plane and his leg comes off. I'm pretty sure this is just, like, a... Kind of like a flash forward to the possible future. Uh... Is this, like, modern Iron Man? Yeah, this is modern Ar- Iron Man. Like, like, She-Hulk is on the Avengers and Ghost Rider. There's a little oh, Avengers funny. scene. Okay. Yeah, and because, it basically... Uh, I'm yeah. sure Iron Man in the book Iron Man right now is not Tony, so... Yeah. It's oh, is it not? Or I don't know. I'm reading it. No, it's like... It's like uh, it's 2020, so they decided we're going to do... In the, in the in the 90s, they had the storyline called Iron Man 2020, where his there was another Iron Man called Arno Stark. And since now it's the year 2020, they decided... But by, by the way, I've heard I've heard Iron Man twenty twenty like the the new one is terrible. Yeah, I've heard it wasn't great. I mean, I read the first issue, but it's like nobody likes Arno Stark. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird that they would just go. Yeah, I mean, I get like this is your literally one opportunity because it's the year twenty twenty. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, and it's Strange. weird because like how can Tony be Iron Man in Avengers but not Iron Man in Iron Man? I don't know. Well, it, the whole thing is he's flying right, and there's a plane heading towards him. And he's screaming, like, I can't see. Like, my my sensors are all off. I, I can't see through my mask. And he's talking to Captain America, who's listening from Avengers HQ. And Cap just yells, like, Tony, Tony, listen to me, Tony. So he's still he's saying Tony. So in the end, I, I believe this is Tony. But yeah, it's like it's he hits the plane and you see his leg come off. And that's kind of where the issue ends. But like I said, Free Comic Book Day will be happening throughout the summer. So I believe we're getting an Avengers... Yeah, this was an X-Men one. There's only one Avengers scene. But I think we're getting like an actual Avengers free comic book. Maybe an Empire set up. I don't know if DC's doing anything since their DC free comic book day was kind of cancelled. But yeah, it's just happening throughout the summer. So that's kind of the news for it. In other common news, more bigger ones. Rorschach is getting a maxi-series. 12-issue maxi-series written by Tom King starting in October. Rorschach from Watchmen. The actual... Rorschach for Watchmen. How do we feel well, about it's not this? Walter. I don't know. It doesn't is actually he, say. It, guy? It's in the Watchmen universe. It, I think it said, it said 35 years in the future. After yeah, I thought I thought it was supposed to be Reggie. Yeah, I, think I thought so Reggie. too at first, but Which apparently... Yeah, they don't actually say anything of it. So I'm assuming... It's, I hope it's Reggie, but does this need to happen? <laughs> well, Well, I'm conflicted because... On one hand, it's Watchmen and it shouldn't be touched. But on another hand, it's Tom King and it's a maxi series, so it's going to be great. 
it's it's really tough because I feel like Tom King could write an excellent Rorschach drama with, you know, the spy feelings. Like it, it could be like a more mature version of Grayson, and I'm here for it. But why is it Rorschach? Why can't you just make it the question? Because truly, why do you keep fiddling with Watchmen? And um, you know, I, I think this is where Tyler and I disagree. I'm very fine with Doomsday Clock. Uh, which might be, you know, kind of a backtrack on my previous statement of why touch Watchmen, but I'm very fine with Doomsday Clock. But I just feel like when you keep digging into it, it just it eventually becomes too much. You know, the using of it in death metal, which a oh, really weird page we'll from to. that. You know, which Alan Moore, I can only imagine what his reaction would be. I was gonna say, I finally, so, uh, finally understand how Alan Moore feels. <laughs> yeah, it's like for me, like I understand, like Doomsday Clock had a point at least like they were trying to say something and as much as i really don't like it that it's a watchman sequel like i mean i guess they were trying to say something about comic books in general and story so i'm like i don't give it a pass but i acknowledge that it at least has some merit like they try to tell a story but like the second that like i hope this doesn't set a precedent like all right we're gonna get a rorschach mini that's that's not i don't like that but like are we gonna get like you know, the adventures of, you know, uh, Dan and, and Lori being parents and raising this new Clark at the end of Doomsday Clock or whatever. Like, I yeah. really hope they just drop it, you know? Yeah, well, well so I, I thought, like, if you're going to keep dipping into Watchmen, it could really only be your newer characters. So it would have to be Reggie. Rorschach. It would have to be Mime and Marionette. And even then, I'm like, does it really need to be done? I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's... Listen, I get it. It's comics, right? You you do whatever's gonna sell. Rorschach by Tom King will sell astronomically. You yes, know, yes, it will. It's it's gonna have three printings with the first issue. So you know, I, I don't doubt it's gonna be great. I don't think I don't doubt it's gonna sell. But it's setting a bad precedent for hey, we could keep digging into Watchmen because you're right. It could be a you know Dan and Laurie as parents. It could be a uh, you know kind of like what the before Watchmen tried to do, but it wasn't as successful. I I think DC could be like. You know, seeing the success of Doomsday Clock, whether, you know, fans bitching about it or not, it sold well, you know, and it's the Rorschach's going to sell well. Like, there's a lot of sales. Like, I think people generally like uh, Doomsday Clock as well. Yeah, I mean, it it also is like, if they take that the wrong way and they're like, well, everyone loved it, let's just keep doing it. Yeah. Doomsday Clock in the end. It's a a delicate balance that has to help. Yeah, it got so much praise. I mean, even JD and I, we reviewed practically every issue on the podcast here and we loved yeah. pretty much every single one in yeah. fact like the only hate that i seem to see often is comedians should not have been in there and i agree with that in the end yeah. but yeah in the end it was like, a good story like, and i'm in the marionette like the characters they created like i feel like you could even put them in the dc universe i was gonna say that yeah because they were cool and they were new characters like that type of stuff i really wouldn't have a problem with but i just them keep dipping into the watchman universe i don't I don't know if I really want that. Yeah, well, well, you bet. You better uh, watch what you wish for with the, uh, you know, marionette and the main universe because I could already picture DC doing a uh, marionette meets Harley Quinn meets, meets punchline. Punch oh my <laughs> god! I can see the cover. I can see the cover by it's, it's, the, yeah by Amanda Connor. I could already see it. It's yeah. It's, <laughs> it'll have ten variants also by Amanda Connor of them doing oh, various yeah, poses and like on the beach or driving yeah. a car and oh my oh, god. god. <laughs> and then they'll be like like punchline marionette or. The marionette punchline and Harley Quinn meet Betty and Veronica. They'll do a crossover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. Man, we just spoiled the future of DC. That's <laughs> 100% gonna happen. I, I have Listen, Jim Lee might be listening to this right now, and he's like, hmm, that's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> this is all gonna happen if Tom King is successful with me. I've had friends that don't read comics message me like, did you hear about, like, Rorschach? He's yeah. coming back? I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the end, like... I, I feel like Tom King the best choice for this as well. Like, I feel like... Oh, 100%. If you're gonna get a writer to do this, like, get Tom King or get Jeff Lemire, either one of those two, and they'll they'll kill it, and they got Tom King, so... 100%. Yeah. So now that means there's gonna, gonna be... be a good there's gonna be three comics, maxi-series, by Tom King happening at the same time. With this, Strange Adventures, and Batman Catwoman, which also starts kind of near the end of the year here. So by the time next year, when Bat Catwoman's all finished, Strange Adventures is done, and Rorschach is all done, what do you guys think will be the best series? And what do you think will be the worst? Between those three. That's tough. Uh... I think (laughs) Batman Catwoman... I'm excited for that, but I think that might be the worst one. I I agree with that. I feel like people... I feel like he's got a very specific take on those characters that, you know, not everybody really cares for. Yeah. So that one I think is going to be the most, you know, middling one, I guess. But I really, I'm probably not going to read it, but I really think this Rorschach one might be the best one. Really? It's going to be political. Yeah. It's going to be very like, modern. And I feel like if he taps into like what's happening in America today, which he said he's going to, then it could be like a very, I guess, transcendental comic. It could be very good, but I'm just... I'm not going to read it. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it could also, it, it could be like what Alan Moore was going for at the time, like to kind of yeah. represent what was going on in the eighties for King to try to go, what's going on in the twenties. Wow. That sounds weird to say what's going on in the twenties and you know, the tens and all that. So yeah. Cause Watchmen, um, you know, I, I, Watchmen had a lot of fear of Russia and fear of nukes and more war happening just with the media going around and rumors and things like that. So in this day and age, what are, are we going to see? COVID-19 <laughs> Watchmen. I really, I feel like Tom King's is, is a smart enough writer to do that as well. So me too. Yeah. yeah. And, and the art by Jorge uh, Fornes is like the perfect choice for this. Absolutely. It's going to be, I love that, that guy. He's like, I think I said this the other day, but he's like one of my favorite, he's my favorite modern Batman, Batman. artist. Yeah. I and saw you I say that. To see him do more daredevil. Cause he did that one issue. But yeah. Yeah. Like, I need I need more from him just in general. I love that guy so much. <laughs> it, it, it's gonna be cool. Uh, what two years from now, when potentially on my shelf, I could have uh, Mister Miracle, Strange Adventures, Rorschach, uh, Batman, uh, Batcat, and Rorschach. Did I say Rorschach twice? Yeah. All, all of Tom King's maxi series, um, uh, Vision, like all of them on my shelf. Like that's gonna be a cool like Tom King section. Yeah, and his best one, Heroes in Crisis. Oh. <laughs> you just made me choke in my water during <laughs> that blasphemy. Oh God, we don't mention that name around here. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, I mean, it's happening. And although some of us may disagree, like it shouldn't happen, we're still gonna all be at the comic store that day when it comes out, being like, "Here's our money, take it, DC." <laughs> we don't want this to happen, but here you go. Yeah, I get it. Maybe it will. I don't know. I'll have Mitch, to see. Maybe I'll, Mitch maybe Jarrett's I'll... variant cover. Yeah, sure. I'll buy another issue. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I've been there. Yeah, and that's it for the news of the week. Now on to the comics. Death Metal was the big one this yeah, week. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> let's start with that. Yes, yeah, so the, the big one is Death Metal. Did you end up getting the main cover? Um, uh-oh. I will be getting the main cover. 
I actually didn't get any covers this week because of the whole shipping thing that we talked about last or last week, I think, on the oh. podcast. Oh, yeah, right. it, it's happening. So my comic store actually called crazy. me that morning being like, hey, uh, no DC Comics this week. They're all going to be here next week, though. So I was like, oh, okay. So I I started calling another comic store in the city, and they said the same thing. Like, yeah, no, we didn't get any. So no comics whatsoever, DC Comics, came to the city that I'm in, which is in Canada. So they had to cross Jeez. the border. So uh, I ended up prepaying for the just the regular cover, and I uh, I read online mm-hmm. until then. So I still read it, just I don't have the cover yet. What about you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so so I, I got the main cover, which I, I got to say, you know, even though I'm not a big fan of Metal 1, the covers are nice. You know, I remember the original Metal series had this. This one has, like, it's like the very, you know, it's an extra buck. So it's like the it's kind like of a, like thicker right? cover and it's like shiny too. Like, I don't know. I, Scott Scott Snyder might treat me like a pigeon where if it's shiny, I'll grab it. But he's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I think a lot of these covers, like, I'm sure, I think the variants are really cool. Like, they really go all out with the variants as well. Yeah. But it's like, the Capullo covers are always awesome. Like, he just, I mean, I think that's the point of a lot of his drawings is just, look at how cool this is, but it mean, works. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Now, now speaking is. of Alan Moore uh, spitting venom all over DC Comics, God, he's got to hate this issue. I mean, oh not God. only do we touch on his beloved Swamp thing, but... Also, I mean, I mean, if you went to Alan Moore and said, "Hey, uh, Swamp Thing just told a dad joke," and uh, or no, Swamp Thing was on the receiving end of a dad joke and didn't understand it, while uh, a Doctor Manhattan infused character tried to explain it to him, what what do you think Alan Moore would say to you? He probably like he probably do some of his magic and undo like the universe. I I think he would like summon lightning on DC Comics. Yeah. I, I truly am starting to feel bad for Alan Moore. I used to always think like, okay, he's some crazy old coot who made a bad contract back in the day and you know now he's paying the price for it. But th- this issue is just like, oh, hey, Alan Moore, your beloved DC Comics work. Yeah. We're just going to take a big old steaming crap on top of that. Because <laughs> I mean, the first, the first, the second page or whatever, third page, whatever you want to call it, I just, why is there a dad joke in death metal? Come on. Yeah, that really that's, took me out good. of it. But going back to what you said about Alan, he's still kind of a crazy old man at times. I mean, he gets angry when people cosplay Watchmen characters. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, but I totally understand. Like, you kind of just ruin Swamp Things. I mean, remember like two years ago when Tom King and Jason Fabok released their Swamp Thing mini? Like where it was the winter special. It was just a single issue. Mm -hmm. I feel like Alan would have loved that. Like, you would have really appreciated that book. It was true to the character. Even... It was emotional. Like, it was good. But not this. Scott <laughs> Snyder wrote Swamp Thing, though, for a while, didn't he? Yeah, nobody too, didn't they? Yeah, and I heard that was good. Like, wasn't that... Some people like that? I've never read it. I didn't read yeah, it either. Yeah, I've never read it either. I feel like you don't hear much about it, but I've heard that it's maybe... Good. I don't know. I have no idea, but... Yeah, I didn't read it either. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But in the end, yeah, he's just... I, I do like the idea of him being, like, burnt in Death Metal too. I think that's a really cool take on Swamp Thing. Where he's kind of like... It looks like you just punch him and your fist will go through him. He's not the living life of the forest anymore. He's burning. But... Yeah. This just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I, I really feel like... I know... 
Alan Moore is crazy, and I know that he's insane <laughs> or whatever. But and he's like he's like a weird magician in his little cottage. But it's like we he, I feel like he views his characters like like literary characters, not like comic book characters. Like I feel like he probably puts Rorschach on the same level as like Holden Caulfield or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like it's like if the publish. I said this on my podcast once, but I like it's like if the people that made uh the catcher in the rye decided we're gonna do a sequel but we're gonna cross it over with diary of a wimpy kid too just like like we're just taking your book and we're putting it in this thing that really (laughs) that you didn't want it to be in and it's like it goes against everything you wrote but we don't care it's making money you know what i mean And, (laughs) and and it's also interesting to see like Alan Moore versus like Neil Gaiman where Gaiman signed a great contract where they literally cannot touch any of his work without consulting him. And no matter what they make of his work, he has to consult and give the overall it's good to go. Right. So the Sandman audible thing that that's just came out, got his seal of approval, the Netflix show, his seal of approval, the new Sandman universe in the comics that started in 2018, his seal of approval. So like he has that great contract where you don't do anything with my characters unless I say so. Alan Moore, on the other hand, did not get anything like that. Like, if he would have signed a contract like that, there's no Before Watchmen. There's no Doomsday Clock. There's no Rorschach Maxi series. There's no Wally Hatton. I wonder if Neil Gaiman signed that contract after the, like, maybe he heard that from Alan Moore. You know, wasn't Sandman in the 90s, right? Yeah, it started in 1989. Okay, so three years after Watchmen. And so I wonder, because Alan Moore, I know... His his contract is and still or was and still is that when it goes out of print, then he can have the characters after a year. But it's always in trade, so it's never going to be out of print. And I wonder yeah. if he kind of warned Neil Gaiman like get a better contract than I did. I, I mean, that would that would definitely be interesting. I'd love to know uh, if there's yeah. a backstory to that because that, that would be cool. Anything to do with each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they both wrote like weird things for DC in the '80s slash '90s, so. Yeah, it, it would be interesting. But yeah, I, I you know, I, I do feel bad for Alan in a sense. But yeah. also the Wally West fanboy in me says, uh, wow, Wally looks really cool with the uh, blue <laughs> on the, I think it's the fourth page when they're walking down the stairs and all you see is the Manhattan logo and the Flash logo like that. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. And I honestly, I like Wally blue rocks blue. the blue suit. Like he, he looks so good in blue. I really yeah. like it. So... <laughs> So like do you guys want him to stay blue post metal? Like even if he gets rid of the Manhattan Ooh. powers, like if they, cause remember they've, they've kind of talked about like, and even they've teased it in that flash annual where Bart's like, man, you need a new suit. Like, do you, could you see him staying in blue? I would be, be okay with cool. it. Honestly. Yeah. I'd be okay with it too. Would I you be okay with it? I mean, you're you the flash it, page. <laughs> I, I could see it. I mean, listen, I, I've always kind of hated when people are like, Wally West should get his own name. He can't go by the Flash, and I'm like, well, that's just stupid because you know he was the Flash for 20 years, and a lot of people go by the Flash. You know, like I've, I've seen people like oh, change his name to the Streak, and I'm like, no. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I I'm always hesitant. I even thought like when I heard he was getting a new suit in Rebirth, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But Rebirth ended up being a great suit. This l- looks great. I, I could see myself liking it. I mean, I love like the Blue Lantern Flash. So I think blue looks good on a speedster, and especially with his lightning color being blue, I think it's a good blue on blue. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I I could be okay with it. I mean, in the end, he's still the Flash. They're just changing it to blue. Maybe not temporary, but like uh, it, he's just with it for maybe like a year or two. I did like how Wonder Woman called him Flash in this issue at one point instead of just Wally or yeah, 
Barry's nephew. <laughs> he used to say, like, I'm with the Flash right now. And she meant Wally, which was, I like that moment. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, that, that, that was a good feeling. Oh, by the way, um, a follower sent me a message about uh, Scott Snyder did, like, a Twitch stream or something with, maybe it was with Comic Storian. And uh, he said in it that at the end of Metal, uh, Wally's going to be back to normal. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can find the message. But uh, oh. yeah, yeah, he, to- he told me that like Scott Snyder said on the stream about Wally post-Metal. I guess somebody asked him about it. Oh, here yeah. it is. He said, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Scott Snyder was on Comic Storian's Twitch live stream earlier. And he confirmed Wally would be, quote, returned to himself by the end of Death Metal, end quote. So... I don't know what that means exactly. I mean, I'm assuming that means we're getting rid of the Manhattan powers, but uh, yeah. So uh, he said that um, he won't upload the interview until next week, like on YouTube. So we'll have to wait to actually like get the clip. But uh, yeah, that's that's possibly uplifting information. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I imagine you want to keep the Manhattan powers. What was that? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, he's got Linda and he's got his kids back too, and so it's like. If he goes back to normal, if everything goes back to normal, we can get Wally's the Flash again. Well, yeah, Death and Metal. And Wally West ongoing. What are you reading my dreams, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Actually. Well, I mean, <laughs> Snyder is even teased, and we've all kind of theorized that Death Metal in the end is kind of like DC's Secret Wars, as far as ending wise. Because apparently, when D- Death Metal ends, Scott Snyder said DC will change. I know that they say that for every single event ever like dc universal change forever after this but i actually feel like death metal is the one event that actually will have changes and we'll go back to number issue number ones and go from there I even feel like it's the exact same plot as secret wars i it's like it's like we have basically our battle world we're about yeah. we're going and in secret wars that ends with what like the the molecule man is like this funnel for all the energy in the universe and then Reed Richards takes it and then reforms the multiverse. And that's exactly what they're going to do in this story. That's what Wonder Woman says they're going to do. They're going to funnel it through Wally and he's going to oh, yeah. restart the universe and, and he's going to remake it. Like, it seems like the exact same thing. And and Snyder's been even saying, like, Wally's going to shape the multiverse after. I've been hearing this all over. So could we see a version of the a mix of the Rebirth slash Pre-52? I don't it's so hard to do because it's such a delicate balance, but can it be done by Scott Snyder? Of all people? Well, it's not just Scott Snyder. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of like the leader of this, but like we interviewed Joshua Williamson last week, and he has a way bigger role in Death Metal than we thought he did. He's not just writing speed metal. Like, he was in hand of basically coming up with all the ideas for Death Metal. Just Scott Snyder's the ones writing here. So there's a lot of writers. Even then, like, Tinian, I think he was also involved in... A few other writers I can't think of off the top of my head. I know uh, Jorge Jimenez even knew about all these things. So, yeah, Scott Snyder's writing it, but DC was the one who came up with this. So can it be done? Mm -hmm. I actually think it will. And I think March next year will be all new, all different DC. (laughs) It's going to come back. I I feel like we're going to go back to classic dc with modern dc mixed in which is what rebirth's idea was but i think instead of where barry allen travels through the speed force and he sees wow this is a mess he's now gonna see like hey this is pretty okay there's doomsday clock over there perpetua's over there 
you know, medals over there. We will have like an understanding of the DC timeline. And I think Death Metal can do it. Mm -hmm. But we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we're only two issues in. So, Mm -hmm. hoping so. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about Death Metal besides the whole Manhattan Doctor, the Batman who LMAOs turning to Doctor Manhattan? Well, 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 I do hate the Manhattan brain, but even before that, um, B- Barry and, and I'm sorry, uh, Wally and Jay was a nice little moment. I, I don't think Scott Snyder is the best at reunions because I feel like it cut him out a little more. I get you only had like, you know, one panel to do it, but yeah, I mean, it, it was OK. You know, he says, tell me you still remember me, Jay. And Jay said, I'll never forget you again, kid. Bring it in like that. That was nice. Now, Barry meeting uh, Barry meeting up with them, Jay and Wally. I think could have been written better. First of all, I hate the way Scott Snyder writes Barry. I, I've tried, but triple flash hug. Come on, please. Like, please. I, I don't ask for much, but this is the first time that Barry has seen Wally since he was in his jail cell in heroes in crisis. And even then in heroes in crisis, like we never got that kind of, you know, flash has to arrest his own nephew for, a heinous crime like that could have been such a you know an amazing that could have taken a whole issue right there of just them talking right so we never really got that so this is the first time he's seen him right while he's had this big you know multiverse travel now he's got a blue suit and the power of the dr manhattan and all barry says is wally and then ba- and wally goes barry my god it's good to see you like you yeah. think there'd be a little more to it doesn't barry but, but think maybe this Wally's explains why, Will- why williamson was not able to Right, like Williamson was not able to do anything with Barry and Wally meeting. It all makes sense now because he wasn't allowed to because Snyder obviously had this plan for metal, which wasn't much of a plan, admittedly. But, you know, we never got that, like, every time they brought it up in the flashbook, they're like, oh, oh, we're too busy. We can't talk to Wally. You know, I have too much going on. I can't talk to you about it, Iris. We'll talk in the the future. So it's like, this is the reunion we got. Like, it feels like it should have been bigger than a triple flash hug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't even think of that. Like, Barry should think that he's in jail now, shouldn't he? Like, Wally was sentenced yeah. to prison when they last interacted. And here they are. Huh. I never thought of it that way. It's Anywho. So <laughs> like, yeah, go on. When I was thinking about this yesterday, it's like, if we... Okay. If Death Metal takes place after Snyder's Justice League, like, directly after they run into their and this story takes place, then in continuity, aren't we after Death Metal already? I guess. Did I just break you too? (laughs) Wait, you just broke my brain? Like, I'm literally, like, the gears are turning in my head trying to process (laughs) that, and I'm so confused. (laughs) Like, doesn't it, like, it would have to be, right? We'd have to be after Death Metal because Justice League happened already, and Death Metal takes place directly after his Justice League. I think, at least. I, it's kind of hard I'm, to wait, think. Wait, but I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, There's probably some some of our listeners right now who are like, "Oh, JD's so dumb right now," but I'm I'm having trouble like processing this. Yeah, uh, it's like okay, at the end of Scott Snyder's Justice League, they run into that big portal, Light. right? And and isn't that I'm pretty sure that's this story. That's a death metal right now. Yeah, right? yeah, you're right. Right. And if that happened and we're already past that in the Justice League book and in other comics, then didn't Death Metal already happen in canon? Oh, I f- okay, I got you because the Justice League is still doing regular adventures yeah. now. Because everyone is 
I guess not back to normal, but everyone got you. Which, which, by the way, if they weren't trying to hit that Justice League 50 so they could sell an overpriced issue, they should have right after Snyder's run put the Justice League on hold and not oh, continued yeah. the run. Yeah, like, like this. This is DC's main problem, and I think did we talk about this last time? I think it was with three Jokers. I, did you mention this, Tyler? That like Joker shouldn't have appeared in anything from yeah. the start of Rebirth to Joker, yeah. uh, three mm. Jokers. This is the same thing with the Justice League here because, yeah, the, after Snyder's run ended, we should have gotten nothing for months to make us hungry for it in Death yeah. Metal. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. When they did Secret Wars, and I, I know, like, Secret Wars, I keep bringing it up because it's, like, the only thing that Marvel did or any other comic did that's similar, but they yeah. canceled every single book, and everything from that point on was Battle World. And yeah. so that, didn't, that left no confusion, you know, of why yeah. is Spider-Man swinging around? Like, he's not. He's in Battle World right now. Yeah. Marvel. I feel like they probably DC probably couldn't afford to do that this year because yeah they probably oh get, yeah they, that's you know, a good point probably give them a lot of shit but yeah. I don't know that's a good point it's interesting yeah, yeah they they definitely should have stopped the Justice League comics and just let Death Metal do its thing because honestly the Justice League comics are all filler right now like they a hundred percent all filler comics so mm-hmm. we could always just imagine like this takes place in the past like before Snyder does run completely and it would have been fine because even then like mm-hmm. i guess john stewart's on the team so we can't really do that full fully but death metal is the current event happening i like to imagine that it takes place right when the issue ends so say like the event ends in january then the whole event would take place in january that's what i like to think so while joker war starts next week and uh the truth just happened for superman I always imagine these things happen beforehand. And then when the event ends, that's when okay. the event begins. It, comics are confusing. It's the same idea where like, oh, what's Batman doing? He's doing this in Batman, but he's doing this in Detective Comics. Which one do I follow? I always like to imagine the main event is happening more so in the future. So, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's confusing. <laughs> But but listen, at least we got Williamson to admit this. Like you know, we were talking about how continuity with Year of the Villain really got screwed up, and he admitted, like, yeah, you know, I've I've certainly tried my best, but I can understand where readers are, you know, getting very confused. So you know, it's not just us. Yeah, no, it definitely isn't. A lot of people are confused by all these things, and it's comics, you know. We kind of have to. Same with EO, even in Marvel right now, in Empire, uh, the Avengers are working on Empire while they're not in the Avengers comic. They're dealing with Moon Knight at the moment. So it's, it's yeah. just, we just kind of have to, it's easier to follow if you just ignore it <laughs> in the end. And I think that's how you got to do it as well. Like, I think it's just like, eh, turn your brain off. Nobody cares. Yeah. Pr- pretty much though. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, what do you rate death metal? Out of 10. For, for me, the second issue is very underwhelming just because after the first issue, after I went back, reread it, you know, we talked about it on the podcast last time, kind of hyped me up more. I'm like, yeah, this this has got potential. You know, Tyler making video at three in the morning, get me hyped. Like, I, I was ready for it. But I don't know. The second issue, I just feel like kind of lost that train of momentum. I, I hope it gets back on track on third one. I don't know. This isn't that great to me. Maybe yeah. six. I would give it like a six as well. I enjoyed it. There were moments I enjoyed, but six. i i would have given it higher but you know what i loved is i think it's hilarious is like the last page reveal is this stupid ugly ginormous robot (laughs) yeah that (laughs) was so stupid looking 
It looks so funny. It looks hilarious. It's got half of Wonder Woman's, like, it's got Wonder Woman's tiara and lips. And half <laughs> it's Superman face and Wonder Woman's under, oh, it looks hilarious. The, the Wonder Woman lips is what puts it over the top because it literally <laughs> just looks like Superman wearing lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, I would have honestly, like, the issue is fine. I would have given it, like, a seven. But that is so funny. It has to be like a six or a five. Like it's just what a what a lame thing to show as super. This is cool. the but, but it's also the most Scott Snyder thing in the world to you know go that over the top. Like Death oh Metal God. is literally just, a seventies so comic. Like yeah. or or I'd say nineties, more so a crazy nineties yeah. comic. It's like public enemy. Like yeah. Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, didn't they have like a big composite Superman? Yeah, Batman? well, that that's exactly what I thought of uh, in that like like 2003 run. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's just, it's so funny. It looks hilarious. Death Metal is just a 90s comic. Uh, but yeah, in the end, I, I will be purchasing the rest of it. I am curious where this goes. I'm sickened but curious. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think it'll get better. Yeah, hopefully. Want to talk uh, Strange Adventures next? Yeah. Um, who else is confused? I mean, no. Listen, I, I think it's it's very well written. The art is beautiful. I, I just feel like with every Tom King maxi series, you really need the big picture. Like I said, I came late to the game in Mister Miracle, so I read it in trade. So reading it in trade was great. I read it in like three sittings of four issues each, and it was it was perfect. So reading it issue by issue is fun, but it's also like. You know, I want the bigger picture, so I feel like, you know, every issue that comes out, I'm like, all right, that was cool, but I need to know more, you know? What are you confused about here? I felt like this issue I understood more than any other issue, so... Well, well, maybe not this particular issue, like, you know, like, but I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm still trying to see where the bigger picture is here. You know, like, the investigation is cool to me, but I'm trying to see what is the other plot of this, because there's clearly another plot going on. Yeah, so there, well, there's two in the end. It's uh, the investigation with Mr. Terrific, investigating to see, is Adam Strange a murderer? And then there's Adam Strange, before he wrote his book, being on other planets, just fighting lizard people. <laughs> so, by the way, that... But, but, that... but I'm saying, like, 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 like him fighting the people on the other planets, like, I'm, I'm not sure that I really understand the relevance of it. Is it, like, that he did, like, heinous things on other planets? Like, like there he goes all out and, like, smashes the dude's brain, right? And, like... Essentially kills him, right? I think they even say like, uh, "Go, go get him like a healing potion or something like that." Oh, he cut his head off. But he, his wife said, uh, "Please fetch a healer," because Adam was dying because he was poisoned. But the guy that he was fighting is dead. dead. Oh, gotcha. Okay, like he is dead. Dead. His head was knocked off. So I, I was when I was reading this, I was trying to figure out like, what is Tom King trying to say? Like, like his (laughs) all of his stories have like a theme or a message like you know uh, mr miracle is all about uh i'm blanking it's it's all about like trauma and like how growing up like in like this terrible kind of mindset and all this can affect a person as as an adult and what that means to have kids like that that's a cool interesting question but like i'm trying to figure out what he's asking in this story and i i don't think I don't think it's well, like well, yeah. So, so, so I guess that's more of what where my confusion comes yeah. in, right? Because yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like from Mister Miracle, fairly early on, you can tell, like, okay, yeah, that that's obviously the concept is, you know, the environment, the kind of nature versus nurture debate, which is always yeah, the theme absolutely. of Mister Miracle. With Adam Strange, I'm not sure that there's a clear theme of the character, and I feel like throughout three issues, I really can't get a grasp on what the theme of yeah. the Maxi is. I was just wondering. I was thinking, like, so far, what I can gather is I think Tom King's trying to talk about war. 
and like yeah. what, what war does to people and how it can possibly make you like a like a horrible person because you know he's still he, a lot of his stories stem from his time in the cia with all of his ptsd and whatnot so i think he's trying to kind of hit that at a different angle now where he's like like what can war do to a person and what does yeah. constant fighting really do you know mm-hmm. i don't know and it's it's just, it's the same thing he's asked with batman same thing he tried to ask in heroes in crisis like it's a very similar question that he's always talked about but like he's trying to do it with this angle of you know space and aliens and whatnot yeah that's a good point yeah i mean they all have themes like even vision was about understanding who you are i guess Mm -hmm. Uh, that might be stretching a little bit and so strange adventures we we, i'm sure we'll have a theme we definitely will have a theme we just don't know what that theme is yet as of now it seems like lying is a theme like pretending you're someone else maybe because i feel like adam strange might have actually slaughtered people and lied about it in his book and so he's living a living a lie here that's what i'm guessing i i'm on team mr terrific here i think adam strange is a liar and i think mr terrific is going to find that out so maybe that's the theme we just don't know it yet yeah yeah i think when we know the answer because the big answer of this whole or the big question of this whole book is did is adam strange lying did he actually slaughter people and I think this book will be better as a reread when you know the answer. Like, if we know, okay, Of, Adam of Str- course, of course. Yeah, if we know Adam Strange, he killed hundreds of people. I think we'll start to notice things that we didn't notice before on a reread, which is genius yeah. for, from a marketing standpoint. Even, like, you want to buy these books because you want to reread them. You want them on the, your shelf. So, on a rainy day, this could be a good reread. So, it's genius. But right now, it's a little confusing. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah. This was my favorite of all three issues so far. And I'm looking forward to the next. I really, really I, like the fight scene. I thought it was I, really I still cool. might like the first one a little bit better. Just because I thought the first one, like, I, I don't know. Just I thought the premise of it was really cool. Like, the whole murder investigation to me seemed cool. But, yeah, uh, th- this issue was still pretty good. And, yeah, like, the the fight scenes were very good. Uh, this is some of Mitch Gerard's, you know, best art in like any comic he's ever done oh, to God, me the water he did in the pool was mesmerizing like it, it like it, to, to, to me it feels like his most detailed work too 100 percent, yeah definitely <clears throat> and and also like there were some really cool references in this issue like uh i don't know if you guys saw but uh when they were at the lawyer office it was uh the law offices of gardner and fox which if i'm not mistaken are the creators i mean gardner and fox were like uh He's like, think, you know, DC Comics greats and the, uh, no, you know, go- a, golden and silver, right? I'm pretty sure his name. I'm pretty sure it's one guy, Gardner Fox. Oh, Gardner Fox. I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is one guy. No, no, I'm <laughs> saying I think the, the the law firm is called Gardner and Fox, but I'm pretty sure that the writer is named Gardner Fox. Yeah. Wait. No. Now I now I feel terrible because <laughs> he's the creator of Jay Garrick. He's the creator of the Flash. What am I doing? But yeah. Yeah. No. You're you're, you're actually right about that. But yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. Like I caught that right away. I was like, oh, that's that's. I always love like little nods like that. And Tom King loves doing that. Like he, it's it's sprinkled throughout. Mister Miracle is like like Jack, Jack Kirby, Stanley, all these huge creators. And oh, there's even the character like that. that although Jack Kirby created him, oh, I forget his name. The Mr. Miracle's friend, Scott's friend, was like, Mr. Miracle, you're a miracle. Yeah, yeah. He was created by Jack Kirby as a parody of Stan Lee. And Tom King used him throughout the entire book. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. The guy with the orange beard. He was supposed, he was created in like the 90s or the 80s by Jack Kirby just being like, this is 
like a fake Stanley. It's it's just the DC Stanley universe is Stanley. Yeah. So he's only ever used in Mr. Miracle books, but I think he's pretty funny for who he is. But yeah. And they even they yeah. named uh in Mr. Miracle, they named their kid the same whatever Jack Kirby's real name is, they named the kid. Oh really? I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And it's even <laughs> it's funny because the guy that you just talked about, the guy that's based off Stan Lee, says he gets stories from the kid. And then Scott's like, how do you get the stories? He's a little kid. And then the guy that's based on Stan Lee says, oh, no, he comes up with the ideas. I just, like, make it pretty. And that's that's what people <laughs> say the Marvel method was. Like, yeah. you know, the artist comes up with the idea. And, yeah, so it, yeah. Did, he obviously has great respect for these old comic creators. Yeah, cool. and even then, Stan, the Stan Lee-type character, Jack Kirby made that apparently out of anger. He didn't, him yeah. and Stan Lee were on bad terms for like a year, mm-hmm. and that's when he made that character. I was like, man, I'm just going to make a Stan Lee character for DC that's like an idiot, and just steals people's work. And that's who he was. Eventually they did make made up and been like, okay, we're good friends. But that is true, like, Jack Kirby did come up with a lot of ideas that Stan Lee just kind of made it pretty. Yeah, <laughs> like lacked the Silver Surfer, all that, that was all... all- yeah, it was like yeah. when they first started, the one character that Jack Kirby had full control over was Thor. That was it. Besides that, he came up with ideas, but Stanley took most of the credit. But yeah. Anyways, uh, well, Strange well, Adventures. Also the same thing. Well, well, it's also the same thing with Spider-Man. Sorry, I, I have to add on to that. With uh, Steve Dicko, like, when you do more research into it, like, Steve Dicko would literally think up a whole story, draw up a whole story, and all Stanley would do was add the words after everything was already yeah, you know, was, planned out and drawn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which is like crazy to think about nowadays of like that means steve dicko or jack kirby all these guys did so much work like yeah. like that's oh, insane that and, and when you read the dialogue back then it's not you know spectacular it, it, like yeah it's just a lot of explanation points because it's stan lee so it's like it's usually you know it, it's interesting that you know when we think of spider-man we automatically think boom stan lee but it's really like steve yeah. dicko and i think even i, I think dr strange I think that's a completely Ditko creation. I'm pretty sure. It yeah. is. Yeah. He was just like, I'll help you with it. And then, you know. Yeah. yeah Ditko Dick- Dick- came up with Doctor Strange it. and he needed yeah. a writer. So he asked Stan. But for Spider-Man, Stan did think yeah. of Spider-Man. He actually had another artist on the book at first, but he didn't think the art stuck. It was Kirby. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was, was Kirby, Kirby, but he drew him like Captain America. Heroic. So it was no good. It was too heroic. Yeah. But Stanley was the one who thought, like, I want to make a teenager. I want to be bit by a spider. I want a suit to be red and blue. I want to have these powers. So Stanley came up with the character, but Ditko came up with the world of Spider-Man. Yeah, well, like, well, like, with, like, with, I, I meant like more like the stories. Like, if this be my destiny, like, I feel like that's always giving credit to uh, to Stanley, but it's like that's literally you know Ditko's whole story there. Yeah. yeah, same idea with Batman. With the... it's, it's interesting. It's like a whole like history of comics thing. Like, I, I love documentaries on it too. It, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, moral method very interesting. Batman was the same idea with Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Oh, man. I think Bob mm-hmm. Kane was the one who was the writer and Bill Finger was the artist. I could be wrong yep. about those. But uh, yeah, the writer Bob Kane, he said, I want a character called Batman and I want him to be a blonde guy and a red suit. And Bill Finger was just Bat- like... Batman. man. <laughs> yeah, Bill Finger was just like, oh, well, how about we make him in a black suit and how about we have Robin and a Batmobile and Joker and Gotham City and... The artist came up with everything, and all the writer yeah. did was come up with the name. That was literally it. And he took credit yeah. for it. Yeah, he took credit for everything. For years, he took. He was the only one who took credit too. If you watch like the Dark Knight trilogy, at the end it says like, uh, inspired by the by Batman, who was created by Bob Kane, 
where in the end it was pretty much and, and it was only finger. until 2016 that they uh started adding bill finger's name to things which is horrible that it took so long exactly yeah, first time i saw it was batman v superman yeah. yeah batman vs superman or gotham had it uh some of the comics had it like but it took too, way too long yeah exactly he came up with everything i mean look up the original design for batman it's a blonde guy. It yeah. looks like it's Alan Scott with a black cape. That's who it is. <laughs> uh, well, I was about to say it looks a ton like Alan Scott. <laughs> yeah, so that that's all it was. But then Bill Finger's just like, well, he's called Batman. How about we like make him a black and gray suit? <laughs> so he gave yeah. him the rest of it. But yeah, uh, that's Strange Adventures. Uh, do you want to go any somehow, other... Somehow this all pertains to Strange Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the history of Batman. Uh, you want to go on any other DC comics? Or do you just want to go to Marvel? Uh, no, if, if you want to talk Spider-Man, I know that was a big one this week, so go ahead and talk Spider-Man. Yeah, so Tyler and I read Spider-Man. Uh, JD was late again and didn't read Spider-Man <laughs> like he usually does. It. This time it wasn't my fault. My shop actually just didn't get it. Okay, yeah. He usually forgets that they're out. But this is issue number 44 of The Amazing usually. Spider-Man. Uh, this arc will lead up to issue 50, which will be a big issue. Uh, apparently going to be a major issue as for the history of Spider-Man, but in the end, this set up the arc. So if you want to read Amazing Spider-Man, this is a perfect place to start. All you need to know is there's a centipede-like character going around that's really freaky, and he's been, like, taunting Norman Osborn in a cell and taunting Peter Parker, saying that he knows that Peter's Spider-Man, and we don't really know too much about this guy. Uh, meanwhile, Mary Jane, MJ, she is away doing acting for Mysterio in her own miniseries, in another city, I think Los Angeles. So Spider-Man being Spider-Man needs to stay in New York. And he ain't doing so well with the MJ. He, he can't sleep at night. He's having these nightmares. He calls her at one point and talks to her for a while how he wants to be there for Mary Jane. He wants, like, he wants Mary Jane to do whatever she wants. Like, she's her own person. And he really respects that she's doing acting and getting a lot of money so they can afford to live together. But in the end, Peter really misses her. Like, he can't sleep at night without her, and he feels like um, he's failing at life because he doesn't come home to Mary Jane. And that he really wants her to come back. But, like, still, be as you are. Like, if you want to continue acting, do that. I just, I feel like I need you. That's basically what Peter's voicemail says. He just talked to her in voicemail in the middle of the night when he couldn't sleep. And he even mentions that, like, before he left, I was going to ask you something. And I didn't get that chance because he had to go so soon. And he takes out his engagement ring, which I... T- completely forgot about so i forgot that we might be getting another spider-man <laughs> wedding soon what did you think tyler oh i hope we get another wedding i would oh man i would be i would be so happy if they get married again like you have no idea how happy I would be. <laughs> it's like it's like one of the few things i want more than anything is them to be married again in comics i mean and there's... i really think this issue was it was really cool because the nightmare he had so Nick Spencer's bringing this old character, uh, the Sin Eater, which is like, it's like a, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a deep dive, but it's like, it's an interesting guy to bring back. The Sin Eater was this character in the 80s uh, when Peter was in the black suit, like the Venom black suit, before they knew it was Venom. The Sin Eater was this serial killer who went around and he killed this police officer called Gene DeWolf. And okay. the story is called uh, The Death of Gene DeWolf. And it's really, really good. It's one of my favorite Spider-Man stories. And basically the sin eater is a he's like this old homeless guy or veteran he's something and eddie brock thinks that the sin eater is one guy and so reports on it gets it wrong and that's where eddie brock uh hates spider-man because spider-man is the one that arrests the sin eater 
proves Eddie Brock wrong and then gets him like vilified by the press and everything. That's where that whole comes from. And so I think it's interesting that the Sin Eater kind of represents like hatred in Spider-Man's world and that they're bringing him back now. I don't know. It's like, it's an interesting angle to hit at, to go at. And I'm wondering like what really Kindred has to do with this, like this new character. I really wonder who he is. Like I have my own theories, but. Well, what is it? Let's hear your theory. Because I have my own theories too. Who do you think it is? Uh, okay. Well, the obvious theory is like Harry Osborn. That's, That's what I was gonna like say. The, the easiest one to think. Like, oh, it could vary. But the out of the box one I have, and this is one I don't even know if this really could be it, but it's Carly Cooper, who was his girlfriend during the Dan Slot era. Oh, okay. I have no idea where she is now, and she knew Peter was Spider Man. She fell out of love with Peter. All this stuff. She's my out of the box theory okay. of who Kindred could be. But other than that, I really have no idea. I guess it's hard to tell. Like, I, w- I went to the page with him talking. Maybe her. Uh, just to see, like, the body type. And he, he mostly wears robes. Or she. So, very yeah. loose clothing. So, I guess it could be female. I didn't even think of that. Damn, yeah. I didn't... My, like, I, I think it is Harry Osborn just because uh, he slash she was taunting Norman yeah. Osborn in that cell, like, ten issues ago. I mean, and he, yeah. he called him really old man at one point. So I'm like, that's very Jason Todd to Batman, like father son hateful relationship. Yeah. So that's why I kind of feel like it could be Harry. As far as other theories, I have no idea. I would love if it was um, Flash Thompson, but I don't. It's not. I just want Flash to be alive. Flash is yeah, yeah. yeah. Flash is dead. Well, I don't know if Flash would be like this to Peter. Like Kindred kind of hates Peter. I don't know if Flash. Flash loves Peter now. Like they were best friends before. That's why I was thinking like maybe. I don't know. It's like. Maybe he came back alive and some of his memories were gone, so they just kept the hateful okay. high school memories. So, I don't know. <laughs> and he's trying to wedgie Peter. <laughs> he's just, I'm going to shove you in a locker. <laughs> That'd be funny. It's hard to tell, but I, yeah. I really don't know. I, I feel like it's definitely I, I, Harry. It, it could be anybody. It really could be anybody. And that's like a cool mystery. Like, how rare is it this, like, kind of un- unclear who it could be? Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to finding out, though. We don't, we don't know for sure. Yeah. But I guess we just have to wait and see. Uh, JD, I know you didn't read this issue, but Kindred's the centipede guy. Do you have any theories of who he is? I actually do not have any theories. I mean, like you guys mentioned, the obvious one is Harry Osborn, which kind of made me think, like, yeah, I, I could see that. But, yeah, I honestly have no idea. I'm excited to be surprised. Yeah. I, I don't think like we'll know until issue, either issue 49 or issue 50. But... This arc is starting out pretty well. Already surprised attack Peter uh, when Peter wasn't even suited up already. No web shooters on. So Kindred is very interesting. And I'm actually really enjoying this arc. Before we actually recorded this podcast, we talked a bit about just comics in general and Spider-Man especially. And one of the things that Tyler even mentioned was there's not really a defying Spider-Man run at the moment. But looking back at this run in general, Nick Spencer's is good. It's not perfect, but it has been good. I've been enjoying it a lot, actually. Yeah. But yeah, there there isn't really like a perfect. What I said Spider-Man is like right Spider Man is even though everyone loves Spider Man, it's very it's not very much a must read. Like nobody really says you gotta read Spider Man right now, and it's it's always <laughs> weird. But I'm I'm hoping that the second half of this uh arc or not this arc but this run that Nick Spencer goes on, like I'm really thinking Nick Spencer's a really good enough writer to kind of amp it up and make it like a must read book from now on yeah definitely because usually every month of the year people could be like what are the comics you need to be reading right now and i'll have an answer 
two years, or I guess like three years ago, I, I was saying you have to read Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corpse and you have to be reading Superman right now because those two books are perfect. And right now, if you were to ask me, I'd be like, you have to read Daredevil right now and you have to read The Flash right now. And honestly, I'd recommend Spider-Man too. The Amazing Spider-Man's really cool right now. I'm enjoying it a lot. What would be your guys' perfect books right now? I'm assuming Daredevil's on there. Yeah, Daredevil. Absolutely. Yeah, Daredevil. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's... Daredevil's... It's I mean, the best it, book. I mean, it's like, it's like the best Marvel book in a definitely. while. Well, not actually in a while. I mean, Marvel's been doing pretty good, but it's just, it's a very, very good book. Yeah, so, 100%. I don't know. I actually don't know what else besides Daredevil I would recommend. Like, I guess this, the other thing I would recommend is Suicide Squad. That's pretty cool, but I don't know what I've else. I've heard that's really good right now. Yeah, I'm not reading that at the moment, but I've heard it's really, really good. But yeah, besides that, I would recommend yeah, The Flash. And... I love Tom Taylor. Okay. <clears throat> I recommend The Flash, and I would say The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, Batman and the Outsiders. I love Batman and the Outsiders. That's such a good book yeah. right now. It's so underrated. <laughs> besides that, um, what do you rate this issue of Spider-Man, Tyler? Uh, I'd probably give it around a... I really like the monologue Peter goes on. I thought it was really cool, so I'd probably give it around like an 8. Okay, yeah, yeah like I was really, going to say... Really interesting stuff. I was going to say like 8.5. It's a really good start of, of this arc. It's a good setup issue, and I'm mm-hmm. excited for yeah. it to begin fully in next issue, whenever that is. Um, that's yeah. it for those comments. Oh, yeah, Empire came out. You read that, right, Tyler? Yeah, I read Empire. It was... Uh, um. <laughs> It was it was cool. I mean, it's Al Ewing and Dan Slott. Al Ewing's a writer I love, and I've always wanted to see him write uh, the Fantastic Four, and in, in uh, especially the Fantastic Four. So seeing that's really cool. Dan Slott, he they help plot it, so it's all scripted by Al Ewing, and the plot is by Dan Slott and Al Ewing. So okay. Dan Slott's really good with continuity. Al Ewing's really good with character, and so it's like it's really cool blend. Uh, it's got good art. It's kind of I don't know. It's not doing much. It's very, very heavily steeped in Marvel continuity. It's going back to the Kree Skrull War, and it's taking this other character named Hulkling, who is a member of the Young Avengers, and making him like kind of this villain, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Hulkling's and, the guy with the it's, green it's, guy with the it's wings, interesting right? Starting. Is Hulkling yeah, he's the, a yeah. uh, he's half Kree, half Skrull. Okay, yeah. and That's so he's the leader of the combined Skree Skree created scroll empires like they combined and they're gonna attack earth or whatever mm-hmm. so it's cool but i'm not sure that it's like it's not grabbing me yet yeah that's fair i mean <clears throat> but it's cool to see the fantastic four in some place of prominence yeah i mean is spider-man and wolverine they're joining the f4 for this arc aren't they yeah, uh, I think there was a I think there was an issue this week, and it's like while well, the Fantastic that cover looks right. so cool. I I know it's by bait, but it looks so cool. It's uh, <laughs> isn't it? It's like Art Arthur Adams, I think, and that yeah, like I think the '90s Wolverine, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and the Hulk were the Fantastic Four for a story arc, and people oh, cool. have a lot of nostalgia for that era for some reason. I think it's kind of really stupid. <laughs> but i don't know and so i guess they're bringing that back at least for this story arc which is yeah cool, but i don't know honestly don't know. empire was cool I mean, wolverine looks so cool in blue wearing the blue fantastic four suit but still it's a wolverine suit that looks yeah. so cool i love how he has the axe on his chest the i in uh future foundation like when spider-man joined the future foundation there was a there was a part where they recruited him and 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 uh johnny was dead eric 
quotes at this time. So Peter took his place, and then Peter goes to the Fantastic Four with his homemade Fantastic Four outfit. And he's like, look, guys, I've been waiting for you to ask me to join. I've been wanting to join since you guys started. <laughs> look, I have my own outfit. And they're like, no, we're not wearing those anymore. We have a new outfit. And it's it's like the white one, you know, the white and black Future Foundation yeah. costume, which is it's so gorgeous. Like, it's beyond beautiful, those costumes. He always looks cool. Everyone looks cool with a Fantastic Four outfit. Yeah, honestly, that's that's when uh, Bagman Peter Parker came in, right? Because then he got one of Johnny Johnny Storm's uh, Bag, old suits. Bagman Peter Parker, Bagman Peter Parker was when uh, he first got the symbiote off of him. So when he finds out it's an alien, he goes to the Reed, to Reed Richards, and then Reed Richards knocks it off. But now he has no clothes on, so they give him an old uh, Fantastic Four outfit. Yeah, one of Johnny's and old a bag ones on his head. Yeah, it covers yeah. that. Any that's awesome. I love that moment. It's so comic booky. But yeah, uh, that, I guess that's it for the comics. Do you have any more you want to review, or is that it? Um. Well, I got uh, Giant Size X Men Magneto because right, did you, you read know, I'm that? A sucker for Magneto. I see Magneto. I buy. <laughs> um, it's 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 by Jonathan Hickman. It's literally the only Marvel comic my shop had this week, so I was like, all right, I, I had to get it. Um. Anyway, uh, it's it's kind of just like a tie into everything that's been going on with X Men. I, I thought it was going to be more of a you know, um. I don't know. Like I was expecting like some random Magneto adventure. It's, I mean, I guess it is a random Magneto adventure, but uh, essentially they're setting up another island uh, for Emma Frost to have. So uh, Magneto's going out there, and he has to Namor is the owner of the island, so he has to negotiate with Namor to get the island. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's it's an all right issue. Uh, he they go down like way deep underwater to basically like the Marvel trench, and uh, he. Oh, cool. Magneto helps save Namor's life under there when, like, he gets attacked by some, like, weird, like, snail-looking thing. I don't know. It was, like, it was kind of cool. But anyway, after Magneto saves his life, uh, they decide to uh, – he decides to give Magneto the island, and Magneto gifts the island to Emma Frost. And um, they set up, like, a base there, and it's got, like, the uh, uh, sentinel head is like, a base. It, it looks pretty cool, actually. It reminds me of, like, the – Avengers Tower, the one they set up I recently. Was say, so, uh, does that tie into Avengers? Yeah, it's, it's on a, it's on a random island, and uh, yeah, it ties into the X books. It's it's cool. Cool, well, I like that actually. I'm gonna actually go pick that up and read it for myself. That's a really cool idea. I like how they're using the dead Sentinels like as homes. Issue. Yeah. Yeah, very, very Hickman, but yeah, it was it was uh, pretty interesting. But yeah, I see Magneto. I buy. I'm a simple man. Interesting. He's awesome. Well, yeah. that's uh, that's if Magneto is like a in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> that's it for the comics this week. Uh, anything else you guys want to go over? Should we wrap it up there? Wrap it up there. Cool. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> uh, well, no, I was, I was just gonna say, um, we had a lot of comic discussion before the yeah. uh, recording actually started about comic collecting and uh, just comics in general. It's a, it's a you know, it's a cool time to be a comic fan. I don't know. I, I have these weird things where it's like. I feel like sometimes I kind of fall out of love with comics, not to the point of like where I just don't want to read them, but to the point where I'm like struggling to keep reading new issues because like they've, you know, the universes start to get whack at some point, the titles you like start to turn, you know, it's, it's like a weird thing, but you know, that then there's, then there's great back issues that remind me like why I love comics and that's, you know, what keeps me going. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if you guys are, feel the same it's like i remember i was thinking about this the other day at one point in 2018 i remember this one distinct day where heroes in crisis issue one came out uh there was a doomsday clock issue and something else that i hated happened 
and it was just like everything piled on top and i was like i think i might quit like i really <laughs> like i like the doomsday clock issue wasn't bad it was more just like i don't want this yeah and then here in crisis they killed wally and they killed roy and i was like get out of my face <laughs> and i i woke up that day i had a miserable day because of it and i was like i might i might just quit like i really was like thinking all day i was like I don't have to. I don't have to do this anymore. I can quit now. Like no one's making me do this. Yeah. And I think I read. I think I read like Ultimate Spider-Man again, and I was like, you know what? This is this is my favorite. Like I love this stuff. I can never. Yeah. Like, I'm in it for life now. <laughs> like yeah. Literally. Yeah. It's so hard to quit. It's so hard. It's so it's, hard. it's the comics are literally an addiction. Yeah. Hey, it's so at hard. least it's not drugs. Like, sometimes I remember. <laughs> I remember at one point in it was the same year actually. I had bought like like they had a, a sale on Comicsology, and I bought like. 30 flash issues and i read them all in one day and then the next day i was like i need to slow down <laughs> i can't do that every day so i just i tried to take a full day without reading a single comic and i don't know if i made it i don't remember yeah, yeah. I, well that's why i kind of like love the subscription services like you know marvel unlimited looks great i have dc universe go through the digital library so like things like that are cool but yeah i understand the addiction i mean i'm obviously a big physical guy yeah. so uh, you know, when I get trades, I feel like I just get them like five at a time for some reason. Because I'm like, well, oh, if I'm going to buy one on Amazon, I might as well just buy like five, buy the whole series, you know? Buy so, the entire run. Yeah, I, I feel like I'll, I'll buy like five trades and then two days later, I'll buy five more. And then three days later, I'll buy like three more. And I'm like, okay, I have 13 unread trades here. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Kind like of for me, yourself. a lot of it is I just reread and reread the same old stuff. Well, well, well which is what me and yeah. you were talking about before Hunter got on the call here was, yeah. you know, rereading like Comfort Comics. So you were talking about how you're rereading Bendis Daredevil. And like, there's plenty yeah. of things you, you know, you, like, what, what was it, Batman Ego? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we all have stuff on our list. Like, we have to read. And yet, for some reason, we keep going back to those. Yeah. It's like, comfort I comics. bought Batman Ego, which is like 300 pages, which is like really honestly nothing to me. I could read that in like a couple hours. But yeah. Then, I sat down and I was like, what do I want to read? And I just reread, or I read like six issues of Daredevil in one sitting. And I was like, that was probably a good 120 pages. I mean, I could have read Batman Ego or a bit of Batman Ego, but I was like, I'm just going to keep reading this. And I'm just, I feel like I can get to the end of Bendis' Daredevil by like Monday. Like yeah. the, at the rate I read. Actually, like, damn, that's insanity, impressive. And it's so good. And it's so much fun. I just, I love it. I'm I'm halfway through, through the first trade. I actually just started oh, Bendis' so Daredevil good. yesterday. I read the first trade halfway through. Oh, I actually man. plan on finishing okay. it tonight. First, how does the first trade end again? I'm trying to. Remember. I never bought it in trade. I only read it digital. How does that oh, work? Does I, it end with the identity thing? I think so. Yeah, from what I know, it ends with that. I mean, it starts with the uh, the painted arc with uh, Ben Urk. Yeah, with David uh, Mack, right? Yeah, where it's just it, it's just a painting, uh, ben, but it's a comic. Yeah. It's about him talking to really Leapfrog's son, how he's kind of crazy. Just talking about how a fight scene over and over again, and Ben Earth trying to do a story on that. It's beautiful. So, yeah, then afterwards it goes I think into. It's even Max Arc. Yeah, I, think, I, think oh, I had it sure. actually right in front of me here. I could confirm that. Uh, David Mack, yep, you're right. Numbers eight, 16 yeah. to 19. So it's about four issues yep. of just painting. And then I think Bendis and Malev take over at 26. And then yeah. they're on there until like 82 and it's like, oh man, it's just, it's, it's like one of the most perfect comic books ever. I mean, it's so good. And I mean, I want to Eisner and I could, yeah, I, could talk all day. I, could, I really could, I could talk all day. It <laughs> <laughs> wanted an Eisner and everything. Maybe we should, I'm when I'm done. Cause I, I, I have the third volume on the way. 
I have volumes one and two. Uh, I plan on binging through them all, and then maybe when we're done, we'll do a whole Daredevil review. Because I know JD also got volume one. I don't know if you got the other two. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta get through. I gotta get two and three still. I mean, obviously, I've read the run before, but yeah, it's been a while since I've read it again, or since I've read it. So uh, it, yeah, it would be good to reread that and do a podcast episode about it because that's a glorious, glorious run. Which uh, I, I know Tyler, you did like a big uh, like you know, let's talk Daredevil story and. Uh, like people are asking you, like, what's the best one? And I agree, it's it's Bendis without a doubt. Yeah, and I, love- I, I think I think you also did like the who's the best Daredevil writer and Daredevil artist. And I I think yeah, I replied to you, like Bendis, I believe, is the correct answer. Yeah, I I love like with all my heart, I love Wade and Samney. I think they do a phenomenal run. For me, it's on the same level of Bendis's run. Rereading it's very different. Run, maybe it'll maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be under. I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. But. It's like the three Daredevil teams of the past, not even three, there's like five Daredevil teams of the past 20 years where it's like Bendis and Malev, uh, Brubaker and Lark, Wade and Samney, and Zdarsky and Chichetto. Oh my God, like you can't get better than those guys. It's so complete, good. complete star power. Like I, it, It's crazy. And I hope Zdarsky knows for I'm a long time. I'm pretty sure they've all won an Eisner for that book. Except yeah. Zdarsky. But he's nominated. So. He's nominated for this year, yeah. <laughs> So I guarantee, I feel like he would win too. And Daredevil is that one character that oh, people really, really be like, hey, which Daredevil comics are good? You could just be like, well, all of them pretty much. Even back in yeah, Frank Miller's day, I feel like Frank Miller's run is so good. I love Frank Miller's run. His, his run is in my top yeah. 10 runs of all time. I find it's very underrated. When people talk Daredevil, of I, I course, you talk about the current run. I and, have trouble when people ask this. me what Daredevil comics to read. I just name like 20. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like that like when people ask me to read for flash it's easy i can be like oh wade flash there you go for daredevil it's like well you could read this you could also read that it's all great you could just pick one at random and it'll probably yeah yeah literally like put it in a randomizer pick one and boom there you go <laughs> or read in order because even then uh i find bendis's run on daredevil has a lot of callbacks to miller's and it makes reading miller's run than jumping yeah, straight well, into bendis's so so like- much better Bendis's run, I think Bendis really loved Born Again, and his oh, run definitely. takes heavily from what happens in Born Again. Mm-hmm. So it's like even uh, from Electra out. lives that arc. He takes a lot of like Ben Urk, for example, the painting arc with yeah. Ben Urk. He can't sleep at night because he wakes up all the time from that one scene in Electra lives where he is mm-hmm. uh, he's at the movie theater talking to that guy and Electra sitting behind them and she stabs the guy. And he sees the yeah. guy die in front of him in the theater, and he can't do anything but just sit and watch the movie with the body next to him. Benner, he he can't sleep at night because of that, and that happened in Frank Miller's run, but it goes over in death with the Prem Bendis' run, so it, it just makes the it makes the ride so much more fun. <laughs> it's such a good read. I it recommend. Makes them, it, they have so much. They have so much energy. It's just, like Bendis, he takes characters like Ben Urich, like Foggy Nelson, and then. He also takes characters like the Owl and Typhoid Mary and and Black Widow even, and it takes us all these classic Marvel Daredevil characters and just he he folds them together perfectly, and it's 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 a masterpiece. It really is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good. Yeah, there, there, there's something about like rereading old runs and like 
you know, obviously it's so much better when you could, you know, it's like binging a TV show, right? When you can watch the entire thing, like, yeah, you don't have to worry about the cliffhangers and all that because you can keep going. So that, that's how it is for me with comics. Like I'm, I'm rereading Impulse and I love it so much because I'm like, this is a spectacular run. The character hasn't been done justice, you know, in years, but these were the good old days of the character, right? So it's, it's like reading old runs like that. You just get so much like happiness and comfort out of it. Yeah. And I, that's something I love about comics and that I'll always love about comics. And I think that's why like I always want to own so many trades even if it's like like sometimes they'll announce a new trade that i've already read all the contents and i'm like yeah i'm still gonna pre-order or i'm still gonna buy it because you know one day i'm gonna want to go back to this and it's gonna be great yeah, yeah. exactly sometimes you can just read run and know like i'll be back like like I'm, I, I was actually thinking about uh getting zadarsky's daredevil run and trade already because they've i think they've released three or four trades and i was thinking about just getting the trades just to have on my shelf because it's so much easier than going back through every single issue you know I was, I was really, seeing how differently it reads in trade. Yeah, I was legitimately thinking, I was like, I was trying to do the math. I was like, how much is it to just buy everything from Kevin Smith to today in trade? And that's like, that's got to be a lot of money. But I was Hunter, like, Hunter's been doing it. I've been doing <laughs> well, it from know, Miller's like, run up. I was, I was like, what if I get it in bulk? Because I just want it on my shelf, but I don't have the capacities for that right now. Well, well I was about to say, that, that might be a little expensive to get everything at the same time. I think you'd have yeah. to kind of little bits at a time i mean i started with miller's and then i did and then i waited a little bit and i just did smith's and uh daredevil yellow then waited a bit and did bendis's i'm gonna wait a bit so just do it in runs yeah no i know because it's like i've read it all so it's like maybe i don't know because i was like i could buy it in bulk i've already read it all so i could just put it on my shelf yeah one day i don't have any Daredevil that that was me with the nightfall wait you don't don't know any Daredevil. Devil trade. Sorry, you just lost my whole. Hold on. <laughs> no, I don't like single issues since then. But I don't have any trades. I've wow. The the Bendis like they have his whole run in what three books? Yeah, it's, it's just three. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I know. I need mm-hmm. to get those. <laughs> same same with the Frank Miller books. I need to get those books as well because when when I saw Hunter posting a lot of it, I'm like, damn, I want to reread that. Yeah, I mean, I have the third one. <laughs> I just and I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Daredevil's like, a good character. It's so easy to reread, man. So yeah, Venice has those tropes. I was just thinking about this while I was reading it because, like, every once in a while, it's so funny. I think because we because people get mad at him today because it's annoying to read because he'll do an issue about Superman, the next issue will have nothing to do with the last issue, and it's bothering. It's like bothersome. But in his Daredevil, it had to be so frustrating to read that, like as it was coming out, because it's like we just did the big issue where Daredevil's identity is revealed, and the next issue is about Ben Urich, and it's about nothing what just happened, and it's just like I want to know what happens with the Daredevil stuff, but it's so compelling to read. Like he just makes all those characters so 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 interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm, yeah. should we wrap up the show there and with Daredevil? Ethics. yeah yeah um i mean yeah that, that was a cool uh comic talk yeah i like i actually kind of wish we were recorded our beginning talk because i just felt like it went on for a while but it was just like very interesting to me i, I feel like yeah. other people would have found it interesting but uh, that's what we love to do we love to talk comics so uh yeah so if you're not already following tyler on instagram what are you doing you got to know all about the last jedi and <laughs> daredevil by bendis come on what are you doing so all go right. follow comic boy on instagram it's, it's boy with what three eyes 
two eyes go follow him check out his podcast the big who it's a very chill discussion i've actually listened to a little bit not all of it oh i i'll you know i, I don't cap so I, I haven't listened to all of it but uh i do like the chill conversations that you guys do have it seems like mm-hmm. a very cool uh close-knit friend group mm-hmm. and uh yeah um if you're listening on itunes hey we appreciate a five-star review or whatever you think we're worth if you're listening anywhere else we appreciate a follow slash subscribe for a hero story i'm jd i'm hunter and thanks for being a hero and remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. What?